Welcome to the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast, where I share stories of the babies I've treated, tips for professionals and parents, and demystify this amazing healing modality. I'm Megan Beams, your baby bodywork mentor. I'm obsessed with all things babies, birth, healing, and plain old being a human. Join me while I sink deep into craniosacral therapy. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the My Baby Craniosacral Podcast. I am your host, Megan Beams, and I am so excited for you to be here. Today I'm going over the incredible importance of doing bodywork before a phrenectomy. There are many reasons bodywork is dang near essential before a phrenectomy in order to make it successful or, or to really improve the chances of it being successful. But I'm going to touch on the top three that I see and that I believe are the most important reasons why body work before a phrenectomy or phrenotomy, depending on what you do, is super important. So the top three reasons are that one, tethered oral tissues can be worsened by birth trauma. Two, Neuromuscular functioning of the tongue is affected by the positioning in utero and by the effects of birth. Number three, prepping the body for surgery by releasing fascial restrictions within the body that could be actually making that tongue tie worse. So these are the top three reasons why I believe before having a phrenectomy, it's important for these babies to be receiving either one or even two sessions of body work. 24 to 48 hours before the procedure. So getting in two sessions before would be really, really great, but at least having 48 hours for that body to kind of integrate the new changes that this body work has allowed it to have. Okay, so let's get the to, to our number one reason. And that's, you know, birth trauma and how the effects of birth can actually worsen and, and create tethered oral tissues. So first of all, being a born is hard. It's very hard on a baby. Um, there's this common misconception that a baby doesn't feel when they're being born, that, that people believe that babies don't even feel it. Like, you know, they just got born. What, what could possibly be wrong? But this couldn't be further from the truth. Babies have a fully functioning nervous system by the age of 23 to 25 weeks gestation. So that means that, you know, if they're full term, they've had fully functioning nervous systems since, you know, for, for months. <laughs> and that means that they can feel everything just the same way that you would be able to feel everything. And so being squished through a hole is, uh, or, or trying to be squished through a hole, whether it be the vagina or a belly hole, is that's hard. And in this day and age, there's this rush for, for people to, to give birth. And so they don't want the, the slow contractions. They, you know, they don't want to just allow these contractions to naturally progress. And, and so there's a rush to have this baby. And then they use um, drugs in labor and specifically Pitocin that I'm speaking of right now. There's an increase of pressure on that baby with each and every contraction with the use of Pitocin. Each contraction goes from 30 pounds of pressure for a physiological contraction up to 60 pounds of pressure with Pitocin. 60 pounds of pressure for, uh, you know, 60 seconds. Could you imagine? That poor baby 
And there's usually a reason why that baby will not descend into the birth canal or, you know, a reason why the uterus isn't contracting strongly enough on its own. And that's and that's usually caused by poor positioning of that baby. Their head is not in a really great spot. Maybe they're in occiput uh, posterior. Maybe they are asynclitic. So their head is tilted off to one side. And they just can't descend. If their head is in this awkward position or, or suboptimal position, it makes the head's circumference larger. And so because the circumference of the head is larger, well, now these cranial bones of the baby are then pushing up against the pelvic bones of the birther. And that's just that's just so hard on this baby, on their neck, on their head, on their jaw, on their face on their spine, all the way to their sacrum. And now let's say their head is tilted to one side. This then puts pressure on the one side of the baby's head and neck and is likely to produce fascial restrictions there, which then also, this is also the same location that the nerve that sends messages from the tongue back and forth from the brain, that's where it exits from the cranium. So the pressure in the neck is the same location where the cranial nerves that that send messages to the tongue to actually function properly, now they're being compressed and they're being restricted. That's going to have poor communication for that brain to send messages to the tongue. So the tongue's not even going to know what to do in the first place. So I get birth stories from parents and some people tell me they, they've pushed for an hour, for two hours, for three hours, and they're pushing. So not only are they pushing with Pitocin, but they're pushing naturally and, you know, with their own muscles and this poor baby for hours on end. Oh, it just it just makes me so sad for them. And this causes pain. Like I said earlier, they have a fully functioning nervous system and they are born with a headache. They are born in pain and they are likely going to be tight all over their body. And so what you will see with these babies is uh, a lot of people say, "Oh, a tongue tie causes them to be really really tight." Well, sure in a way, but so does birth. And so one of the things that I look for with these babies who are coming to see me is whether their shoulders are shrugged to their ears. And that can tell me a lot about, you know, how much pain they're in because their shoulders are shrugged to their ears, either by cranial nerve dysfunction or because they're protecting their neck still. Their neck still hurts. And that's the way that they can stabilize their cranium, stabilize their head on their shoulders so that they aren't moving their head in different positions that hurts. I feel so bad for these babies. <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. And so they also have a really hard time extending their head back and opening their mouth wide. So imagine, not only do they have a tongue tie, but they also can't move their head very well. I can only imagine just how much pain this person is likely in when they are trying to feed that baby with a tongue tie and birth trauma. Goodness me. So this brings me on to the next one. And as I mentioned before, the location that the nerve exits the skull that travels to the tongue is located at the back of the neck, right at the base of the skull. This is also the location that gets the biggest forces from labor. And when our body is under pressure or, or being hurt or damaged like that, we protect ourselves. And that's why we get fascial restrictions. This fascial tissue contracts around that area that's being damaged. But after the pressure of labor has stopped, right, they're born and they're no longer being squeezed through holes. Well, these tissues, they don't just relax and say, oh, everything's over. Everything's fine now. No, they stay contracted. They stay tight. But this tightness could be anywhere in the head for that baby. It could be the scalp, the face, the mouth, behind the nose, the cheeks, and even around the ears. 
So all of these nerves that a baby needs to suck properly, they travel through these areas to get to the muscles that they innervate. So in order to help these nerves to send good messages to the muscles, we need to release the fascial restrictions that are blocking the messages that you know travel from the brain to the muscle that they're that they're innervating. And if we have tight fascia, that is actually what blocks the messages from passing through. And this is how craniosacral improves that neuromuscular system of the face. It releases those fascial restrictions in the cheeks, in the nose, behind the eyes, around the eyes, in the ears, around the ears, everywhere. We just release that tissue and that signal from the brain to the muscle just is clearer and, and the functioning is going to be much more optimal. And with better messaging from the brain to the, the muscles that are used in swallowing, uh, such as the tongue, <laughs> um, the better that baby is going to be able to swallow. Sure, there's a tie. Before the phrenectomy, there is still that tongue tie that's restricting that full range of motion of the tongue. But if the nerves that are going to the tongue aren't functioning optimally, well, that tongue just isn't going to move properly, no matter how much tissue you cut away from underneath it. And if we can improve the function before the tongue tie release, then the tongue will likely be able to lateralize better, uh, be able to bring itself to the roof of the mouth better, and use the tip of the tongue to secure the nipple in their mouth almost immediately after the release. Now, I've said the word fascia a lot in this episode, <laughs> and it's definitely not the last of it, because if you don't know, our body is made up of all kinds of fascial lines, and they travel from the top to the bottom, side to side, and they keep our bodies from essentially being you know, a puddle of muscles and bones on the floor. This fascia encases our muscles and surrounds our bones. It compartmentalizes parts of our bodies, but it also connects them. It's multifaceted. Love you, fascia. And this is how uh, the toe bone connected to the neck bone, if you, if you didn't know, if you don't know that song. So there is one particular line that we as practitioners or as body workers that we do pay attention to, and that's the deep front line. And that connects the toes all the way up to the sides of the head. And on the way up from the toes, it connects to the knees, the front of the spine, the sternum, the tongue, and also up the sides to the temples. And this is especially important for babies because this line is contracted in a flexed position uh, when they're in utero. And this could produce a pulling effect of the tongue downward even further if somewhere along that deep front fascial line, there's a restriction, there's a pulling of fascia. And this is why it's possible that a tongue still lives at the floor of the mouth, even after a phrenectomy. And releasing the fascia from the toes all the way up to the tongue before a tongue tie revision, well, there's less likely of a chance that that tongue will be pulled down and reattach at the floor of the mouth. Now, remember before when I was talking about the baby being born with their head tilted to one side? Well, this will likely result in more tension on one side of the head, the neck, and the tongue than the other side, but also less neuromuscular functioning of the tongue on one side. Because remember those cranial nerves. We have pairs of cranial nerves that innervate both sides. Right goes to the right, left goes to the left, unless you're the optic nerves. And that's for another episode. <laughs> 
Um, so if we've got restrictions on one side, well, this will produce a partial reattachment on one side. It could produce asymmetrical healing. But if we address that asymmetry before the procedure, well, there's less of a chance that reattachment only on one side is going to happen. So let's recap the top three reasons why I believe getting body work before a tongue tie revision is super important. Number one, tethered oral tissues could be worsened by birth trauma and we can help heal that birth trauma. Number two, neuromuscular functioning of the tongue is affected by the positioning in utero and birth and we can help that baby to process and release that tension and restriction from their positioning in utero and their birth experience. Number three, we can prep the body for surgery by releasing fascial restrictions in the body that could be making the tongue tie worse. So that deep front line, releasing fascial restrictions within that deep front line that could be producing an even worse tongue tie. So I'm just going to jump off my soapbox here because I feel very passionate about this topic and I really hope that other professionals can see not only the importance, but the benefits to body work before having a tongue tie release. I am so happy that you made it all the way to the end. If you would do me a favor, just share this on Instagram. You can tag me. That would be amazing at mybabycst or at my school, which is at beamcst. That's B-E-A-M-E-S-C-S-T. And I would be super, super grateful. Well, that's it for me for today. And I really hope that you got something valuable out of this and use it in your own practice. Hey, before you go, my craniosacral therapy foundations virtual only course is open for enrollment. That's right. You can learn craniosacral therapy from your home. Whether you're a professional working with babies, a manual therapist looking to expand your current practice to include cranio, or helping babies and families is your passion, there's something in this course for you. With Craniosacral, you can significantly change the lives of the people you serve. Registration closes soon, so be sure to follow the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in class.